Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Right, let's change conversations completely because that's what we do. Uh, we're basically uh, schizophrenic here. How online outrage can benefit brands that take a stance on social issues. So I'm quite skeptical about this because sometimes it works and sometimes it bombs, quite literally. Dina Diamond, brand expert, good morning. How are you? Good morning, fantastic, fantastic, and happy official spring day, Howard. It's your favorite day Stop of winter. Stop it, Dina. It's not spring. It's, we, we've been practicing for spring else. for weeks. Oh, yes, yes, for the, for the late adapters. I get it. I get it. I'm uh, with you. I'm an early adopter. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, let's talk about brands because we have examples of, you know, you and I have spoken about the Nike one. I was convinced it was going to go pair for them, but it didn't. It did brilliantly. But then we've got the, what's it, Bud Light, Bud Light uh, where, where it really yeah. has. So uh, it's, it's a bit confusing. Sometimes brands are using social media outrage and it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. Give us a little bit of, a, of, of, of background here. Uh, yeah, so absolutely. I mean, so we're living in a very woke society. We're living mm. in the world where social media pervades everything. And anything that anyone does, especially big brands, it's all over the internet, all over social media, but in seconds, not even mm, minutes anymore, mm. and everyone has an opinion. Love that. Everyone has an opinion. Yes, and they have a strong course. opinion. That yes. So what we've seen is there's definitely been a movement by brands to try and make themselves more relevant, to get more airtime, to resonate with their, their clients, their consumers, and to that end, they are sometimes pushing the boundaries, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it definitely does not work. So when you mentioned absolutely Colin Kaepernick, Nike ad, uh, just to remind people who don't remember or don't know, um, Colin Kaepernick was a uh, NFL football player. Mm, he took mm, the guy with the hair. Yeah. yeah, during the anthem, the guy with the hair. <laughs> <So> I'm <laughs> Look, not I'm not a sportsman. I know the guy because of the hair. Yeah. <laughs> You're hilarious. And they, and they had, um, and it was a big risk for Nike, and they put out an ad saying, Believe in something, even if it means losing everything. And for him, it didn't mean that because he actually was never put back into a team. He would not play football uh, for a very, very long time. Um, but for Nike, it was a massive um, brand risk because it was it was actually like you actually first of all questioning the American dream. I mean, not stand, standing to the American anthem is massive, but it's people who feel very, very strongly about that. So on social media, this kicked up a firestorm in, in seconds. So you had, number one, the people who were blatantly against it and thought, how do you put someone like that and associate them with your brand? So straight away, mm. Nike brand, this is what's quite interesting, because it's not always so straightforward. So the brand dropped by $4 billion in value. And Nike seen as the 17th most valuable brand in the world and the most valuable apparel brand, just to give you some context. Right. So the brand first, the first reaction was that the brand dropped by $4 billion and market share and um, price in, on the market, the stock market. Then there was a massive support for the stance and all the people came out. And then ironically, the brand actually landed up shooting out like the target for revenue and increased revenue by $900 million. Meaning, and then the value that they got from the campaign was $6 billion. So this shows that people, number one, who were naturally Nike supporters came out and supported the brand. But in addition to that, people who maybe not even were massive brand supporters came out 
in support of the values that it represented. So, so again, it was against um, police brutality. It was about uh, against discrimination, racism, and those people came out in massive support, in massive numbers. So even if they weren't the biggest Nike supporters, they did something, potentially even buying something from Nike, which was symbolic to reinforce their own values because they're feeling sometimes that their own values are being attacked. And that is where Nike got it right. And then not only did they sort of, they carried on with the campaign, they supported it, they reinforced it, they never, they went the full hog, they made a decision and they went full hog. Now, not all brands do that. And that's why it was actually successful. To be honest, it was a massive risk. It could have gone either way yeah, and it did go yeah. both ways. <laughs> it did go both ways, but it ended well for them. Um, but it's interesting but, because if you take the, the reaction to the American soccer uh, team, where they've kind of continued this theme, it's actually been a disaster for them. They are yeah. enormously unpopular as a brand in the United States. Yeah. yeah so that's why, you, actually, it's, to be honest, it's a, a hit or miss. It's actually not even a science. So it, it's pretty much luck, I think. I mean, I think there's, there's obviously planning behind, there's research done, but I don't think anyone these days can actually predict the total reaction to a campaign based on the consumer input and influence that there is. It's very, very, very hard to predict. But if you are going to make that move and you are going to take that risk, you have to be committed to it. I mean, if we look at, so you, you mentioned Bud Light. Yes. So I'm, they use yeah, exactly. a transgender mm. social media influencer to um, promote one of their, their products. And it went totally pear-shaped and... Um, they basically, the, the actual market share went down because they were like saying, like, and okay, was it authentic for the brand? So for Nike, it's authentic. So they, they are about making yourself better. It's about taking a stand. The Nike brand is much bigger than just sports apparel. It's a much bigger, mm, mm. it means a lot more to people, and they've been consistent in that messaging, always. They say you can, it's basically, you can do it, like, like just do it. That is, is consistent with their branding, it's consistent with their messaging, which they've kept over over more than 30 years. Um, whereas if you look at Bud Light, like now everyone's trying to get in with the woke, oh, we're going we're gonna to look after the LGBTQ plus I community, we're going to go transgender, we're, gonna, we're really going to go out there, and they really missed. And then not only that, but once the campaign wasn't working, they totally dropped their, what's left in that point, their brand ambassador. They didn't communicate. In fact, they pulled the campaign. They apologized for the campaign. Um, so they didn't commit to it, which means they didn't really believe in it to start off with um, when they saw it wasn't working. So, so is it about that, do you think? Do you think that it's about authenticity? In other words, if, if, if it's just trying too hard to be woke, yeah. then it falls flat. But if it's actually true to the essence of the brand, people might like it, they might not like it, but they accept it's actually just who you are. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And again, if, if it's like everyone can tell it's far hard. And if, and if it's not authentic and it doesn't resonate with you with that brand, then they, they're wrong. They, they, they totally have missed the mark. And it's not like you can't become woke overnight. You can't become this really socially conscious brand one day and then, then actually then go, actually, no, just kidding, we, we, weren't, we didn't really mean it. Well, it's almost um, kind of the question, and, and I know we almost, we actually are out of time, but it doesn't matter. Uh, Makundi will just have to, to glare at me. But um, it, it's almost the, the, the question I put to Robbie Brosen of Nando's where I said, are you the EFF of the restaurant industry? Because they can get away with saying things Mm-hmm. Because they're true to their brand, uh, whereas if somebody else had to say it, it would be 
uh, it just wouldn't be well received. No, and, and, and you've seen brands that have tried to mimic Nando's. Nando's is the best example. I love mm, it because mm. they always just put a little into it and they, they totally address the situation. As they say, the elephant in the room, mm. and they go for a full stick with humor. And they nail it every single time. And they're a true, it's truly their brand. It's truly authentic. Clients resonate with it. And, and it comes out like that. So there's never backlash. So they have got it completely right. Absolutely. In fact, I was going to mention this because I know you interviewed Bobby. And I mean, it, it's genius. It absolutely resonates. The people who also didn't, just another example, mm. me, who didn't get it right was remember that Kendall Jenner Pepsi campaign? Yes, yes. After that, Black Lives Matter, and she opened up a Pepsi, gave it to the policeman, and all of a sudden there was no riots and the world was beautiful. I mean, it was so off the mark. You have no idea the faces they're pulling at me in studio. Really, really, they, they're actually getting quite nasty, I'm finding. Uh, either way, we are at 7.32. Dina Diamond, that's where we need to leave it.